Hey everybody, this is John Hambacker. This is episode one of The Wealth of Self. I'm really excited to bring this series to any viewers, any listeners out there. I've got my first guest ever, Whitney Cannon, um, one of the first people I met in D.C. and somebody who's had a big impact on my life, I think, when I moved to D.C. from Missouri. I was very much in a state where I was looking for people uh, to spend time with, but also looking for opportunities to help build up who I was. And having done a little bit of work with sustainable housing in college, I started to look for opportunities in that field while in D.C., and lo and behold, I met Whitney Cannon. And so that relationship has blossomed over the years despite not being here for a while and going over to South Korea. When I came back, she was one of the first people I hit up, one of the first text messages I sent and let her know, hey, I'm back in town. And now I've got her here in the Pinnacle studio and we're gonna dig in and talk a little bit about that relationship, but also who she is, her goals and her wealth of self. So let's get started. So, <clears throat> hey, Whitney. Hi, John. It's Good been morning. a little bit. The pandemic was, I, I wanted so badly to come and see you or spend time with you and even spend time with other people who I had known when living here in 2016, but just couldn't because of the timing. And we're finally here. We've had some other opportunities to spend a little time together. We did our hike out in, uh, what was that? What was that place called? Falls, White Falls, maybe? White Falls. It was way, way the hell out in Virginia. Shenandoah. Or, or Shenandoah. It was right? in Shenandoah. <laughs> so um, we've had little opportunities like that. But as far as really getting to like link up and spend some time together, that's been challenging to do. Yeah. So, but I think now we're at the end of this, or hopefully really close to the end of this thing, and uh, we can make, make some changes in that pattern. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm happy you're here. First happy to foremost. be here. Thank yeah. you. So I guess digging in a little bit, um, talking about our relationship and, and how we first met, you know, I was looking for opportunities in D.C. that I felt would volunteer related stuff that I thought, you know, would would provide me with an opportunity to meet other people. And I don't know exactly how it was that I got linked up with you. Do you remember what some sort of email exchange or what did that look like initially? Because I'm trying yeah, to remember. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, received a voicemail. Um, and uh, uh, Okay, a voicemail. <laughs> a voicemail um, that inquiring about the opportunity to volunteer. Yeah. And I was uh, working um, in the volunteer side of, of my, my organization. So yeah. I reached out to you and we talked about that opportunity and you were able to um, come out and provide some, some volunteer help. And those have been some really positive memories for me. I think that opportunity to not just meet you because for a while, I think after the voicemail, which thanks for reminding me, it was a voicemail, not just like an email or something. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I remember, I think having at least the ability to speak to you on the phone and hearing like that sort of bubbly voice and that personality. Cause that's how you, come across to people, oh, which I think is you. extremely positive. Um, and that's, that's part of, I think why you succeed in that role, but also why there's like this attraction for people to want to meet you and work with you. It's like, that is who Whitney Cannon is. And it's just a very, a positive yeah. outlook at yeah. pretty much every turn. It's just who you are. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that we've always been able to bond over is, is 
some family similarities, some family differences too, mm-hmm. um, but also travel because you as a young person grew up as military brat, right? So I did. it was a situation where you were here and there and all over the place. And that's I first great question would be just like for you to kind of give us the rundown on that because I think there are positives that come out of that and then some some challenges too. Absolutely. So yes, my father was career military. Um, so we moved every three years of my life. Mm-hmm. I started out in Texas where I was born. And what part moved, of Texas? Uh, near Waco or Colleen. Okay. okay. So Fort Hood is actually where I was born. Yeah. Okay. And uh, lived up and down the East Coast mm-hmm. for most of my life uh, with one uh, tour overseas in Germany. Uh, we lived in Stuttgart for about three years, and I was actually about 13 when we moved over, so I was yeah. there from 13 to 16, yeah. so during my high school years. It's pretty impressionable time. It was. It was very impressionable, yeah. and um, it, was a, it was a tremendous experience. Oh, yeah. um, I had really great opportunities to travel throughout Europe mm-hmm. um, as a young person yeah. and you know, apply some of what I was learning in school. Oh, yeah. um, my humanities class, I was able to take you know, that... Uh, information and and that I had learned both about art or culture and and go see it and and touch it in the museum yeah so it was really it was pretty awesome um and learned to ski in Europe which is a uh (laughs) pretty amazing unique opportunity uh not many Americans can say that probably that's right I I was extremely lucky extremely lucky we were I was part of a ski club that you know our our school put on um for all the the students that were there and uh Went and spent a few weekends. That's badass. Um, That's actually really cool. Switzerland and <laughs> other places that just Switzerland, you know, you know Swiss Alps over there to the Swiss Alps <laughs> for the weekend. Um, but no, I, I, it was, it was a one again. It was a very tremendous experience. Yeah. I was very lucky, yeah. um, and and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Um, there were definitely challenges that came with that experience. Sure. Uh, l- moving every three years as a child was was difficult. Starting over in a new environment, um, new friend groups, um, all of those things that that come, and yeah. it's difficult, you know, as children when you're forming your identity and, and trying to fit in. Yeah, um, having that that experience was a little challenging, oh, yeah. certainly. But it definitely built my character and it, it helped guide me yeah. um, to where I am as an adult. What did that teach you? Like, I mean, a lot of a lot of kids go through that, right? Yes. Anybody who's the product of basically a military household, unless that person's at the very end of their career where they're kind of writing it out on that last station, they're moving. And so that's where a good a good question for you is basically like, how what did that force you to learn as a young person when it came to adapting to that? restart essentially where it's like okay I I mean I have to do this again so what was that like um great question I think that it it made me I guess the word is formidable yeah if uh you know I guess that's the strength that kind of grew out of of Sometimes hardship. Sometimes, yeah. Um, I really just learned how to uh, just deal with adversity and kind of figure out what it was that I had, how to overcome in difficult situations. Right. right. Um, it was not a. It was not a. You know, a once in a lifetime 
moment. It yeah, was every yeah. three years that yeah, I was dealing God. with something right. over again. So I think what happened was I did learn how to um, expect what was coming and how to address that kind of and, and how to fit in. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, it, it forced me to learn to become more uh, assertive yes. or more um, confident in certain areas. I, I was very shy as a child. I was very, I was acutely shy. So I think that being planted into a situation um, like I was many times was a way that I was, I had to figure it out. I had right. to learn in order to sort of survive, yeah. you know, those, those angst teenage years. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was a very, it was overall a good time, mm-hmm. but there were challenges yeah. that I feel like I have really come out on the other side of, right. and it has bettered me as an adult. Have you been able to maintain any of the relationships that you picked up along the way? I mean, I think about my own high school experiences or growing up, and I'm very limited in who I have interactions with at, at this point in my life. There, There's the occasional text or something, but yeah. I mean, are those relationships that you've been able to hold on to in any way? I, I, yes, I'm very, very lucky. I have relationships, f- friendships that started, you know, at age three, yeah. um, that, you know, childhood friends that, uh, have been with me in different seasons of life. And sometimes we've parted ways just based on what's been going on in our lives, but have come back together at a different point in our lives. Right. So, um, you know, I've, I've got people sort of scattered throughout the country from where right. I've lived. Um, one of my, you know, best girlfriends I met over in Germany when we were 13 right? and, you know, we ended up rooming in college together and, you know, here we are That's today. Yeah. Um, I just saw her last weekend. So, and one of my, my best friends here in uh, DC, I met in the fourth grade um, and we have, you know, been back together as, as yeah. friends um, in close proximity right. um, the last six years. So it's just, it's, again, that's what I have been able to take. One of the things I've been able to take forward with me from, from my childhood, yeah. you know, during those, those challenging times, I always, you know, I didn't need a big friend group. Right. It was just a friend. Well, that's you know, like that one I of was, the things I just... Man, I think about that because it's one of those things where, like, that's an area where I struggle. I know that when it comes to maintaining connection over a long period of time, that is an exertion of energy. It is. And it's one of the things that's always stood out to me about you is that there's that connectedness, essentially. And I didn't know those things. So, like, to know that you've still maintained and grown those relationships from the time that you were, what, fourth grade, you're like 11 or 12 or something. Yeah. Like, that's... Pretty, yeah, that's pretty incredible. It's, you know, and I won't say that it hasn't come without, you know, times of, you know, periods of rest, so to speak, during those seasons. Right. You know, I, I think it, it definitely calls for a lot of intentionality mm-hmm. um, from from people to be able to maintain and sustain those relationships. I have not always been on the intentional side of the relationship. I'm very lucky that some of my friends are, have been better at that. But at the same time, um, I'm very aware that, you know, those, those people were incredibly important, um, figures in my life and, and really critical, um, to, you know, my, my long-term happiness, you know, and having them in my life. So, well, that's, I mean, 
I think you hear the statement that like people come into your life in different seasons and not everybody is meant to be in your life for the duration of your life. People evolve and change and move on to new things, but I think it speaks to somewhat of, you know, your core character. Like from the time you were a young girl to the to the area where you are now in your life, there has been a, a maintenance of some core principles that have defined who you are and who you will be forever, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's really special. Thank you. Well, kind of following up on that question, talking about, you know, a childhood with a, a lot of moving, shifting here, there, I think there's a little bit of, um, I guess... I don't relate because I was in a position when I was growing up where I was in the same house forever. And my parents still live in that house. Mm -hmm. And we, we're now having those kind of conversations about they're, they're getting older. What does it look like to, to move out of that house? And, and for me, there's like this, that's our house. You know, like that's where all of our memories are beyond me. You know, like my half-brother Mark and half-sister Julie grew up there too. Mm -hmm. And that's where thinking about those changing seasons in life and moving on to that next phase, especially when it's big stuff like moving to a new city or, you know, a family member, maybe not being there in your life anymore. Those kind of things are just like hard to digest at times. Yeah. And looking back at, you know, your history and your time growing up in these different places, that whole pathway is kind of laden with positive experiences some negative maybe as well but there are little instances that always stick out you know when I think about that time during my life and that's where I wanted to turn it over to you is what thinking about what you do now and what you want to do moving forward having the opportunity to be in these different homes all over the United States all over the world what kind of events as you went through that process kind of pointed you in your direction right now as as like moments where you think back and you're like me that that could have been something that was a shifting point for me. You know, what would that look like for you if you were thinking about it? Great question. I wouldn't say that there was one event in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I think it's a collective or a collection yeah. of events um, that transpired over years. Mm -hmm. For me, it was it was just you know my my interpersonal you know inter it was my interactions with with kids or teens or whatever that was during my childhood that, you know, gave me a view into people and humanity, I guess, it, right. you know, at, at that level and, and then exposure to different cultures. So I think my experience really formed a sense of deep compassion and empathy for people. Um, because of what I walked through. And so I, I just, I've always had, um, I've just always had a desire to, to serve, um, and, and an, an open heart to kind of one and all, yeah. um, because I know what that experience looked like for me being on the receiving end of some things that were hurtful yeah. and, you know, not kind and, um, and, you know, and it, it felt very unfair, you know, when people were, were mean for no reason, um, just because, you know, of whatever it was, you looked a certain way or you did something they didn't like, or, you know, it was, 
you know, you didn't speak up, whatever that looked like is, you know, for me and my experience. Um, and so that was for me, I, I took that forward. It was very, um, I didn't like that feeling and I didn't want other people to experience that. Mm -hmm. And if their experience didn't even look like mine, but they were, you know, I, I could see that there was a struggle or a challenge for them or, you know, that came with, you know, hurt or, or suffering in some sense. Um, you know, for me, that just is kind of the space that I go to. I want to, I want people to feel okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, accepted for who they are and, and loved for who they are, because mm -hmm. I think it, you know, the very core, all of us as, as humans just want to be valued and accepted and loved. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, if you, if anybody has the opportunity to meet Whitney or has interacted with you and hopefully they'll get the sense when they watch this too, but you know, that's, that's true to who you are. I think there's always been a level of positivity and reinforcement too. I've told you about any number of goals or projects or, or different experiences in my life. And it's always been something where there's been a positive response or a, a response of encouragement or excitement on your end. And I know you have long days, you know, you can, you can be worn out at some of those points and it's always, that's put aside for the people that you're conversing with or interacting with, you know, even like, even after this, you plan on going hiking with a friend and just spending time with people. And it's at, it's Sunday. It's, you know, a lot of people would be out resting on that day, but you're getting out there and you're kind of like living life with, uh, with the, do the doggos and your friends. So yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. super, um, I think, you know, people identify that. And hopefully that's a pay it forward kind of thing. You know, they, they see that sort of positivity and want to then move that level of emotion into the next interaction that they, they have to deal with. And that's really important. But it, kind of piggybacking off of that question, talking about those influential moments growing up, when you think about a person or people, you know, maybe it's a father figure or mother figure or whoever that is, as you were growing up, if you had to kind of look back at that and say, you know, who, who was that person or those people who encouraged me to have that heart of service and want to do what I'm doing today? What, who would that be? I would definitely say my parents yeah. were very influential in how I see the world regarding service yeah. and a servant heart. My parents are very humanitarian. They always put people first before yeah. themselves and I think that that is you know that some of that comes from their faith and some of it is just who they are right. in their DNA and you know it is the world is is a tough place it's a tough place and you know we've all been challenged the last couple of years and I just I look at my parents and you know they just they just want to they just want to be good people and do good for others. And, right. and that's just, it's a very beautiful quality. Um, not everyone has that and, yeah. and it doesn't make anybody else wrong and my parents, right. It's just, it's a great thing to see. Um, and I think that for me, I, I think it's just, again, I think it's, I want, you know, I, I, I like peace and harmony it's not what the world is, yeah. but, um, that's kind of who I am. And if I can, you know, be a light in the world in some way, shape or form or some capacity, that's, that's something that I want to be. Yeah. Um, not to say that I don't have my moments cause there are definitely many that, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> have me in <laughs> not a place of <laughs> sunshine and rainbows and puppies, right, but right, right. I certainly, um, I certainly, I do love to um, try to be a light in the world for people and just and to encourage, encourage people yeah. because we all need encouragement. And right. some people are not um, outward facing and, and, mm-hmm. or outward, outwardly asking or showing that they need help. Yeah. Um, but I think it's something that if you can, it's, it's like, it's like teaching by example, for example, you know, right. in a sense, it's, if you could just be who you are and potentially that can make somebody stay better, whatever that looks like. Right. Um, you know, you it, don't never know who, who could really use that. Too, yeah. Right? You don't, you don't, um, be it, you know, again, just a smile or, you know, doing something nice for somebody or, stopping and talking to the person yeah. or, you know, um, so yeah. Well, that's a point. I think another thing, uh, a point of similarity that we've talked about is as our parents age, I think yeah. our parents are similar in age and, you know, recently my mom's had some heart issues and that's been super tense and super scary. And it's like, it's encouraged me in a lot of ways to pursue telling their story because Everybody's parents have a story. Everybody has a story, right? But when I think about the people that are closest to me, and I'm sure this is the same whenever you think about your parents, right? Yeah. Supportive figures from day one, essentially. It's like I want to document them in some way, shape, or form because there's so much about their life that I think other people could learn about. And I think about how, you know, whenever you think about a family member or a loved one, it's like they sometimes can do no wrong. Not everybody has that experience. I, I get that. Certainly. But in, I think... Mine in, in particular, I've had these really, really influential people who have been such moral guides for me when I think about how honest my dad is, mm. you know, or how encouraging and unconditionally loving my mom is. Mm-hmm. Like those are traits that I have to embody and want to embody moving forward. Yeah. And I don't always do a great job of it, you know, but they have always been a shining example of how to do it right. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, thinking about your own parents or other people in your life, like what kind of, what, what were those traits that you felt like they embodied that have really been embedded in who Whitney Cannon is? Yeah. Uh, moral compass. Yeah. Which sometimes it's, <laughs> I get frustrated that Damn I have. It. <laughs> Dang. Um, but honestly it is, it is, it does guide me yes. um, in, in how I am in the world and I'm okay with that. You know, it's, it's not for everybody and that's, that's okay. It's what works for me. Um, I would say my brother's also been a real influence in my life as well. He yep. has been, what I have learned from him um, is selflessness. Uh, he and his wife as well have been, I've watched them parent and they're incredible parents. Yes. Yeah. What they have done as parents is really, they have given up a lot Mm -hmm. to be good parents. Right. Teaching and guiding their children in the Mm -hmm. world to be, you know, adults in the world and to, to get out there and, and, and be good people. But that takes a lot of giving up of self. And so I have seen them do that. And that's been, that's been really great to see. Um, because it's, it's hard, it's hard to be selfless when we are in ourselves all the time, all day, every day. Right. right. And, and we have to be responsible for ourselves in a, in a way, um, 
taking care of ourselves, but also, you know, we're always thinking about, you know, what are our needs and desires. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you bring other people into the world or if you're thinking about other people, it's, you know, being selfless is is hard. Yes. Because you have to put your your wants and desires aside. Right. So um, I have really, I have really learned a little bit of that, uh, you know, more about that as I've, I've witnessed my brother and sister-in-law specifically, yeah. you know, in that role as parents. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Wealth of Self podcast. The audio-only version of these stories can be found on nearly every major podcast streaming platform from Spotify to Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Your support as we grow this movement is immensely appreciated. You can help us out by leaving a rating, writing a short review, or even sharing it with a friend or a loved one who you feel would benefit from hearing these stories. Finally, if you're interested in seeing the video interview that accompanies these stories, head over to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page for the full viewing experience. While you're there, don't forget to leave a like, subscribe, or follow the channel, and share your thoughts in the comment section. For additional information on how to support the wealth of self, head over to www.wealthofself.com. Now, let's get back to the interview. Well, I think sort of shifting gears and starting to talk a little bit about, you know, what you do with your life at this point and thinking about, you know, working in the space that you work, um, what were some of the things, what, what really motivated you to pursue that? Because it's a wonderful thing. I think everybody, you know, needs it in their life. And it's, it's something that um, select few pursue, but it has such an incredible impact when it comes to like sustainable housing, right? It's such a cornerstone of yeah. development as a young person and as a family. Yes. And so when you think about your moving around, was that the big catalyst for that or what other factors might have contributed? No, I wouldn't say necessarily the moving around piece. I would say that, you know, I, I liked the mission yes. of, of my organization mm-hmm. and I liked the community aspect piece of it. Right. Um, but I also was just thoughtful about, you know, and humbled by what my situation was in life. And that it it, it brought me to a realization that, you know, I wasn't, I was born into my situation. Not everybody is born into the same situation and not everybody's life experiences is easy. Not everybody's life experience is hard. Um, I would say I landed somewhere in the middle and, but my middle was really good. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people that don't end up in that. And their, their life is, is goes from one challenge to the next and they're difficult, very hard challenges and they don't have resources or they don't have support systems. Yeah. And I recognized that I think even more so when I stepped into this particular, um, you know, career Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I had an understanding that there was a need and I had an understanding again that, you know, just feeling what I felt for people that might be, you know, less fortunate for whatever that reason is. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to be part of the solution or part of, yeah. you know, 
just to be there on the other end of the phone if, if they needed to call yeah. and, and ask a question or whatever. If you think back, I mean, would there have been anything that would have shifted? Not not like a regret or anything like that, but really thinking about, you know, if you if there had been a change that you could have made early on to pursue something else, would that would that thought have ever crossed your mind or does that ever go through your head where you're like, you know, maybe it's a hobby or another passion or something that you've always just been curious about? Yeah. I mean, what would that be for you? Certainly. I think, you know, um, I loved my school where I went, but I yeah. think I would probably choose a school that might have been a little smaller. Okay. So that my... Uh, Is this like college experience? Yes, my yeah. college experience. I think my college experience was great. Yes. But it may have been more fruitful or productive had I done <laughs> a smaller school that didn't have as good of a football team <laughs> and some other distractions. But um, no, I think that in all honesty, regardless of where I went to school and what I did, yeah. I think for me, I had some things stand in my way from what I was really wanting to pursue. Right. My, my goal initially, I always wanted to pursue social work or something in the psychology field, mm -hmm. counseling or, or mm -hmm. a, because that really aligned with my desire right. to help. Yeah. Um, I was dissuaded um, and from doing some things um, and, and going in that direction. So I, I think that I let other people's opinions or voices or things kind of direct some of my path um, and my own fear of, of what I thought that path might look like, um, be it a lot more schooling or, you know, uh, a, a field of work that was not um, providing a field of work that would be very hard. Right. Mentally, emotionally, right. every day. Yeah. Um, and and I, I suppose the compensation that went along with that, which yeah. was never a focus for me. But um, anyway, I, I just, I kind of pursued a different path, which has been okay, though. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much. And I, I think I landed, I finally landed where I was supposed to be, or am supposed to be. Yeah. I think there's still other things I can do. And, um, you know, I've always loved photography and travel and i think maybe one day i'll be able to hopefully incorporate that and yeah we got to get out and get some shots together yes, that would be that would be great blast we we uh yeah. did the the shots up on the yeah. the rooftop earlier yeah and i'm i i'm i think they look great you will see if, after they're edited <laughs> but okay. but i think that's that's one of the things where i even in in my own path right now doing a lot of like video work and photography i really enjoy it but i, <clears throat> I guess it's always a question for me of you know, could I have done something else? I'm very, very curious about other people's professions. I think yeah. that's just a natural curiosity that I have because I feel also that I could try my hand at these other things, but in life, really, you have a, <laughs> a finite amount of time to Certainly. pursue these things. And to be able to really specialize and niche down and hone in on one thing takes a tremendous amount of energy and, and to kind of I don't know if your opinion on this is the same as mine, but maybe thinking about all those alternative paths, some people would look at that and say, well, that's a waste of time. You Certainly. Know, um, you're not making any progress toward it, so stop worrying about it and just focus in. I mean, when you think about what you're doing now, do you, do you, you don't spend time like reminiscing or thinking about other things at that point, do you? I mean, you feel like as far as where you're at now, you're pretty much, you're where you want to be. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I would say I've certainly have thought about, you know, the what ifs a million times and, yeah. you know, the should haves and um, had regret about some of the choices I've made. Um, but hindsight is twenty twenty, And, you know, yeah. it's it's easier to see things more clearly as time passes and as we grow and evolve. Mm -hmm. I think that where I am now is is has been a great landing place for me. It's yeah. it's I don't know if this is the end, you know, if what exactly I will be, you know, continuing to do in this role. I, I love what I'm doing because I get to work with so many people and that's what I love. I love working with people. I'm very curious. I love to know about people and their stories and, and what got them to where they are. And, you know, it's just, it's exciting for me because the world is such an interesting place. It's so big and it's, so interesting yeah. and it's so different and yeah. it, it can be absolutely overwhelming. Um, but I think that's where, you know, my, my childhood experience really plays a part into my, my present. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have such an appreciation for, um, the world and for people. And I think it's really easy if you live in one place your whole life, um, you know, to forget that there's this world beyond your own, you know, front door. Oh yeah. Um, and I think TV certainly, you know, uh, you know, you can, you can see through the screen that there's, yeah, there's the something else out media, there and like, yeah. yeah. And all these other things that have come into light over the past couple, you know, the past 20 years with, with, a, with technology. But mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, I think that lived experience is, is really, has been really helpful. And, and I am an immersion learner hundred percent. I, that's yeah. my favorite way to learn. I love just drop me into wherever it is. And, it, and hands on. Yeah. Right. I like to touch and feel and see and yeah. smell. Yeah. Use all my senses. And that I kind of going back to the first question really, but you know, for me, I grew up in a really small Midwestern kind of town and there are plenty of people who grow up in Salem, Missouri. I don't have a problem saying that mm -hmm. who, who are still in Salem, Missouri. And yeah. that's not their fault by any means you know it's just that is the story of many people in many small towns across not just america but across the world yeah. it's like that's where family is that's where community is and in many instances you can't just leave those things mm -hmm. and i have left those things i've tried my very best to stay in touch but there is still a, a generation of distance that's between where I grew up and where I am now. Mm -hmm. And I think for me personally, there's a little bit of like, did I, did I make that decision? Did I do the right thing? You know, by, by being as far away from family as I am. And maybe that changes in the next few years and maybe I'm closer, but what I, I suppose for you moving around a lot, was there ever that sensation of like feeling like you needed to be, close to your core unit in order to have that sense of community because there are feelings that accompany being away mm -hmm. like being lonely you know mm -hmm. um not not being there to experience life events you know i've seen nephews and nieces grow up and not really be there in a big way for them mm -hmm. and um, as i've gotten older i've i've realized the importance of trying to be present more yeah yeah absolutely so. Well, I think that there are benefits, you know, pros and cons to growing up in one place and having the opportunity like I had to move around. Yeah. Because um, like I said, it, my, my experience didn't come without challenge. Mm -hmm. um, my brother grew up in the hometown that my parents are in now um, for, you know, most of his, you know, junior and, you know, junior high school and, and high school years, right. he was there, um, had, had, you know, at least six years in one place, which was longer than, you know, so the, and, and, and during formative times. Right. So 
there are benefits, extreme benefits to being with and growing up, growing up in one place and being with the same people. Yes. Um, you have that core group, you have that sense of belonging, um, that comes with, you know, being in one, one spot yeah. for, for your, your, you know, uh, the beginning of your life at least, you right. know, and, and for me, I didn't have that. So I think I've always felt like a bit of a nomad, um, which has carried on to, to present day still, cause I love to travel. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that, you know, having that sense of community is very important and sense of family for me, I, have missed, you know, being there for certain events in my family's life. Um, and I haven't been able to go home as much, right. you know, I, I think it is really important. And I think I, I recognize that even more now as an, as I, I get older and as my parents get older, yeah. similar to what you said, right. you know, I, you know, life is, it's finite, you know, we're not going to be here forever and not to be, you know, morbid, <laughs> morbid, but it is, yeah, right. it's just a reality. And, and I recognize that. And I think that, I think acknowledging that and recognizing it helps you take action to what you can do. So you aren't den in denial that it's never going to happen and, and don't make some adjustments in your life. So, yeah. you know, um, I have really, I have really tried to I spent more time with my family during COVID actually Yeah. once, once it was, you know, circumstances allowed. Um, and this year I spent a little bit more time over the holidays because mm -hmm. my parents are older and I, you know, things just look a little different and I want to make right. sure that I am spending as much time as I can with them. I think, you know, it, most of the time when I'm reaching out to you, you're coming back into DC from being away <laughs> for a little while. And I'm like, man, you're on the road. You're like making sure that you're out with friends, loved yeah. ones, family. And that I, I was always very, I admire you for that. Um, and, and I've been able to go back to Missouri the last few times under poorer circumstances, of course, but it was yeah. still so special to be there yeah. physically. And my dad will often say, you know, like, oh, well, we have the FaceTime and, you know, we can do the face-to-face -face calls and that sort of thing. And that's good because I get to, you know, keep up with mm -hmm. them in that capacity, but it's just not quite the same. And not the same as getting yeah. a, a physical hug. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and not to be morbid, of course, but there is, you know, a statement I've heard basically where, if you if you can package the visits that you that you pay to your family into a sort of more digestible form, it will give you more incentive to visit them. And and the statement that I heard was basically thinking about how often you visit or see in person mm -hmm. your family, mm -hmm. right? If that's if that's two times a year, you know you can, in some people's instances, count that on one or two hands mm -hmm. about how many more physical times you'll have to give mom a hug mm -hmm. or to give dad a handshake or whatever that looks like for mm -hmm. your family. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you put it in that perspective, you're kind of, at least for me, I was pushed to make a more um, serious effort to like fly back to Missouri mm -hmm. um, or, or drive back and meet or whatever it took to be in their physical presence um, as much as possible. Yeah. So, um, being, being far away is, is a challenge, but you know, I think the, as you've said, the modern advent of social media, FaceTime calls, all these things help us stay a little bit more connected, which is nice. Absolutely. But, um, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about was just kind of what's next for you. Essentially, you think about, you know, really enjoying what you're doing now in your workspace, but also always having your eyes on the horizon. I think that's an aspect of my own career goals that 
makes me a little bit too much of a dreamer sometimes. I'm always kind of like, man, what is um, what's around the corner? And it's it's a self protective kind of thing, certainly. Because I think you do have to be able to prepare yourself accordingly for what is coming up. Um, but it's not always an easy question to answer uh, because that's it, 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 especially if you enjoy what you're doing now and it's mm-hmm. trying to think about like what is that next stage look like for me that that can be challenging. So I mean, if yeah. you have thought through that at all, what is it? What does it mean? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and, you know, I don't think I have one one answer for it. I yeah. think probably a multitude of answers. Um, I think that I see myself continuing to stay in service. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'll expand what that looks like from the housing space to um, other. I do feel a strong pull to working with women, yeah. um, women of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. I think that is a really yeah I just I, I I think it's a really important place to support mm-hmm. and um well it's especially serious right now at the end of this time of COVID yeah. where so many people who were normally in this sort of life routine that took them out of their homes are now yeah I know there have been a lot of fallout yes, situations because yes of yes definitely and and I have you know uh, a dear friend who was Unfortunately, you know, I had an experience with that, that I have, you know, walked through some things with and, and I, I just seeing what that, that particular space looks like, seeing what resources are out there, but where there's gaps, Mm -hmm. um, where, and, and just in not even just the, the logistics and the physical needs or the resource needs of these women, but the emotional needs, the yeah. toll that it has taken on them where they are completely uh, destroyed emotionally and or they may feel just completely disempowered. And it is, it's such a tragic circumstance and a, and a horrible tragedy to, to witness that their self-worth and, and who they are has just been stripped. Yeah. And so it's important for me, again, that's where I feel kind of drawn to, to women, um, children, you yeah. know, just to make sure that they know that they are important. Yes. They're here for a reason. And because they, they take a breath each day, yeah. they are valued Absolutely. and they are loved. And to make sure that they know that and that, another person that was telling them the opposite. That's, that's not truth. Right. You know, so that's important. I don't know. I do see myself maybe doing something with that at some point, but again, I I have opportunities through my current work to kind of do some, some work a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. um, Maybe with that um, or just stepping into the volunteer space potentially with that. Well, DC is the right space. I think the number of associations here and think tanks and startups and this and that, like the abundance of opportunities to help address some of these social issues is a good, it's a good place to be if you want to be on that. Absolutely. DC has been an amazing place to just, there's so many opportunities with, with nonprofits and different organizations here to really give back and serve. And, you know, I just, and I just think it's such a neat place to live. It's just, again, when we talk about 
diversity and culture and all of those things. We can find that in any big city probably around the U.S. But, yes. you know, here we are at the nation's capital and it's it's a really interesting place to be and, and with all the embassies and, and things that are here. And, right. You know, the the face-to-face you have with folks is, is great. Well, I've always been fascinated by D.C. because, like you said, every city is going to have the stratification when it comes to, like, socioeconomic mm-hmm. abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but D.C. Is, is special because you have the people at the top of the echelon who make the laws that basically set the playbook for everybody else. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, within a mile of some of the people who have the least access right. to the very things that these politicians are, like, advocating. Yes. More for, right? Yes. So I've always found uh, DC as a city of contradictions in many ways. Uh, yes. Because you've got the stratification just like normal, but it's this political element and lawmaking element yeah. and enforcement element mm-hmm. that makes it so much more in your face. It's mm-hmm. like I can drive two miles and see that you guys aren't doing a very good job. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not always as easy in other, other spots because... Um, yeah, all the buildings are here, right? Spring Court's right up there. United States Capitol, the White House, it's yeah. all there. And you can get to it on foot. And yes. um, that's a pretty special element to being able to live here in, in D.C. Um, but as, as, a, as a final kind of question and something that I want this to sort of set the tone for, for these interviews, not just for our conversation now, but our future conversations and hopefully speaking to other people as well, but is, is really about the wealth of self thinking about, you know, the, the points that you discussed and thinking about who you are, your history, what you're doing now and what you want to do. But what is, what is that, that, that element of wealth? What have you taken from these experiences and what do you hope to be able to pass forward to somebody who's listening to this podcast and that's hard to like package it all into one little thing yeah. but what's that what's that lesson that you've that you've taken away and you hope to move and pass forward to that next person again another great question <laughs> <laughs> it's a little lengthier but um i would say that don't allow fear to get in your way mm-hmm. fear is paralyzing and it stops. Oh, yeah. It stops you in your tracks from moving in a direction, even if it's not the right direction. Right. You know, moving in a direction is good. If it's the wrong direction, you are going to help. That helps discern what the right direction exactly. may be. I mean, it may help you in your your decision making yeah. um, that you're just stopped mm-hmm. at, at that moment in. Um, and, and I think that fear is, has been a driver for me on a number of things. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it has wasted so much time because I haven't real. just, you know, kicked it out of the driver's seat. Yeah. So um, I would encourage, you know, people to really, you know, just don't don't allow that to have so much power over your life. Um, I would say that it's really important. People are important. Relationships are important. Stuff is not important. You know, sometimes I've also allowed that to get in the way of what really matters. Right. So, um, and, and then I think, you know, it's the, the silver lining again that I think a lot of us may have seen or recognized or experienced in 2020 was, was oh, yeah, relationships. You know, that's kind of what we all leaned on. Exactly. You know? We all leaned on that because we couldn't do anything for a period of time during the lockdown. Like, that was it. We were, we were in our, 
you know, between our four walls, if we were lucky enough to have them, you know, um, and you just, you, what, what else could you do? You had to be with yourself and be with others if, if you could, you know, via these great, you know, social media um, and other platforms that allowed us to have that kind of connectivity. So yeah. um, for me, you know, I think that that is something that I am constantly working to, to have mm-hmm. better and more intentional relationships. Right. Um, because ultimately at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if there's dust on my shelf or whatever, it's going to be there the next day or the next week, go out and enjoy (laughs) or, or go out and, you know, have dinner with that friend or, you know, cook a meal and talk over the, over FaceTime or or Zoom or something. Just, you know, have that moment because those are the things that I think really it's, you know, you grow relationships that way and that's important. So, And that, I hope, is, you know, a lesson that everybody listening can kind of pass on to those around you. And I, the point you made about that being what so many people leaned on during COVID is like, I never really thought about it that way specifically, but how true. Uh, it's all we had, really. You know, you weren't as occupied with the day-to-day of going in and out of a workplace with the commute and this and that. And it gave people more time to reflect, I think, but also be with people in a variety of different capacities. Yes. Um, and it, this is not a plug or anything, but the one, the app that you've shown me on a few occasions, Marco oh. Polo. Yes. You showed me that, I guess, probably uh, six months ago or a year ago. It was just something you kind of passed by me. But it was like, I, I, I watched you scroll through all the people that you've kept up with yeah. using that. And all the especially people who are global, like you had people coming in yeah. and leaving you messages from around the globe. Yeah. And it was just like a moment of solidification for me. I was like, you know, Whitney's the kind of person that maintains these relationships through thick and thin and regardless of distance. And I thought, I thought that that kind of spoke to me when I saw you, you know, had to go through and scroll <laughs> a few times. It wasn't just like one page kind of thing. And I was, yeah. I was impressed by that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. It's a great, it's a great platform. Yeah. It's a neat way to communicate with people where you can, you really can see them. Yeah. And hear them. Virtual pen pal, right? It really is. Yeah. Without, you know, it's just, I I loved it. It was a really cool way to communicate. Yeah. So. That's awesome. And still is. Still is. And still. As we get back to our busy lives and, you know. Yeah. Traffic's intensifying. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you can leave a quick message and, and right. say hi to somebody if, you know, at your convenience when you don't have time to call later when they might be free or vice versa. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a neat way to connect. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks for sitting down and making time for me. I appreciate it. And I don't want this to be the, a one-off thing for as far as these conversations go. Absolutely. I think there are so many facets of what we talked about that, we could dive into further. And that's what the wealth of self is, is trying to figure out, you know, life lessons, not just life lessons, but really what, what you took away from them. Mm -hmm. And I think you did a wonderful job of relaying some of those to anybody who's out there listening. And hopefully that audience will grow with time and more lessons will be passed forward in that, in that manner. Um, But thanks for, thanks for coming in and chatting with me. Thank you for having me, John. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
Hey there, thanks for watching this episode of The Wealth of Self. If you like this content, don't forget to like the video and subscribe. Leave your comments down below for what you'd like to see next or featured stories that you would like to see on this channel. If you'd like to leave a submission or see more of our featured stories, head over to wealthofself.com.